Hello besties, welcome back to yet another episode of It's Not the End of the World. Today's episode's kind of inspired by a lot of different things. So the main thing though is I am running a half marathon two weeks from the day that I'm recording this episode, which is, so I'm recording this on Saturday, July 15th, and I'm running a half marathon July 29th, so that's in two weeks on a Saturday. I'm pretty sure that's the right date. I could have it wrong, but I think that I'm like 99.9% sure that's correct, but you can always be wrong, so that's one thing I've learned in life. Anywho, so yeah, it's super exciting. I can't believe, like if you told me at the beginning of the year in January on New Year's Day or something, like, oh, you're going to run a half marathon this year, I would not have believed you at all. But yeah, I'm running a half marathon in Hawaii. It's called the Volcano Half Marathon because it goes through like the Volcano National Park on the Big Island. Um, So very exciting. It's in Volcano Hawaii, (laughs) which is kind of funny. But yeah, so I think that through the training that I've been doing for my half marathon, I really come to rely on the phrase you can do hard things. And very recently, I watched an episode of the F1 docuseries on Netflix. F1, Formula One racing, basically 20 guys racing in cars that go up to like 300 miles per hour doing a bunch of laps on a track, trying to beat one another and get first. It's a really weird sport when you think about it, but oh my god, the grip that this show has on me and my sister is insane. Like, we are absolutely ob obsessed with f1 now and i had i had no idea like of course i'd heard of f1 before but i really didn't care about it until we started watching this docuseries randomly on netflix oh my god first off the docuseries is so good at being um what's the word attention grabbing like it's i could binge that entire show but we've been watching it we've been pacing ourselves and watching it and like now we follow all the drivers and so we have our favorites our favorite is charles leclerc he drives for ferrari um and also i also do really like carlos Sainz. he also drives for ferrari however ferrari isn't doing that hot in general in f1 but that's besides the point i also really like daniel ricardo and i feel like recently i've been seeing a lot of stuff about f1 just like on my social media because like uh, cuz of the algorithm i guess and also they're like surveilling everything we do now so i've been getting a lot of f1 content and my sister sends me f1 memes all the time and social media is actually how i found out that daniel ricardo is going back to f1 racing for alfatori um i think his first race is next weekend at the hungarian grand prix I don't know if anybody cares about any of that, but yeah, anyways, Daniel Ricciardo's probably a close, like, third, definitely top five favorite drivers. He's just very, he's a cheeky chap, you know? All the Australians, they are, man, they'll get you. So, anywho, all of that to say, I was watching an episode from season three of um, Drive to Survive. I'm pretty sure that's what, I don't actually know the name of the docuseries, but I think it's called Drive to Survive, and Checo, he is... I believe the only Mexican F1 driver currently in F1 for this season last so the season three he was it was the year 2020 and he was racing for Racing Point which is a team that actually funny enough used to be owned by this Indian guy who then had to like 
essentially escape the country and live in the UK because of like money fraud things. And anyways, so now Lawrence Stroll bought Racing Point. Previously used to be called Force India because it was like an Indian dude who owned it. Lawrence Stroll has a son named Lance Stroll who is on the team, obviously, because his dad owns the team. And, I mean, you know, Lance is a good driver. I'll give him that. Like, he's had good runs. But Chico has, out, like, had outperformed him significantly in the season. Despite that, they um, took on a new driver for the next season. So Chico was, like, completely unsure of his future because it had been at a very late point in the season where they had told him that they were letting go of him. So he had kind of convinced himself that he was, like, done. Like, he didn't know when he was going to get back into F1. Like, he'd already been in it for 10 years. He didn't know if a team would pick him up for the next season. So there was a lot of uncertainty. And this was one of his, like, last races. And he didn't do good in qualifying. So all the races, all the cars will do a qualifying lap. And whoever gets, like, the fastest times, that kind of determines the positions for where the cars start for the actual race. So he didn't do super hot in quali or qualifying. And so he actually ended up, at one point in the race, he was, like, last. But from last, he won the Grand Prix. And that was his first Grand Prix he'd ever won. And, you know, he thought it would be his last race. Like, he was giving it his all. And just kind of seeing the emotions that he was going through and how he kind of pushed through all of that really made me think about the phrase, you can do hard things. And so, yeah, so these two things have kind of inspired me to talk about this topic and hopefully maybe inspire you as well to think about the fact that we can all do hard things. So last winter break, so like November, December time, 2022, Shiva my friend, and, you know, we all know Shiva, she had ClassPass. So if you haven't heard of ClassPass, it's, like, an app that you can get, like, free classes through that you can use at different workout studios, spas, whatever, that kind of thing, like, health and wellness places in your area. And when you first get it, you get, like, 10 free passes or something like that. And different studios require, like, a different number of credits for a class and stuff. And then after that, you it's kind of like a monthly, like, payment type of thing for a certain number of credits that you can use at different studios, et cetera, et cetera. So, actually, I still haven't tried out ClassPass, but she got ClassPass and told me to get it. And I was like, oh, okay. And she used ClassPass to book a yoga class at the studio that's pretty close to where I live and so I was like I'll just show up I'm sure the first class like they had like a first class free or like a free trial type of thing like most places do so I signed up for a free seven-day trial through the studio and we went to a class together actually funny enough it was like a five I want to say it was five thirty. it was like really early really early morning class it was like still dark outside when we went into the studio but it was hot yoga I've never done hot yoga before that class. Oh my god, it felt so good. I think I had just, right before that, been outside in the cold for a really long time, and so going into the heat, like, it felt so good, Um, but, like, within 10 minutes, I was like, "Mm, okay, this is, like, a lot. So, like, being in a hot room, it just adds an extra layer to that entire experience. I really don't know how people do it as often as they do. Or, like, even being an instructor in those rooms. Like, I feel like if I was in there for an extended period of time, I'd pass out. However, 
the class went really good. I really enjoyed the hot yoga experience and it ended up being like a seven day trial. So I went in for a couple other classes that week. So one of the classes I went in for was like a fusion between like yoga and strength training. So there was weights involved and all this stuff. And it was still a hot yoga kind of like environment. So it was still heated. It was a little bit warm, oh, a little bit cooler than that first class I went to. But I was like really like struggling. Like I was sweating so much. I was like, I just can't kind of kept feeling like I didn't really know what I was doing. Like everyone around me like looked like they were pros. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Like, what are you saying? What do you mean? But something that the instructor said kind of at the halfway point of the class was that, you know, you can do hard things. You can get through this, like just push past this pain. You've got like five seconds left or something like that. And that part where she said, you can do hard things, that really stuck with me for some reason. I don't know. And that kind of gave me the strength I needed to like push through the last bit of that set and get it done. And I think that it kind of now resonates with me as I'm going through my half marathon training. So kind of a little bit of a background or I guess my history with running I did cross country and track in middle school and high school. So middle school, I moved back to the United States in eighth grade. And so that year, that summer, I started doing cross country because one of my friends that I had known before um, I moved was also doing cross country. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do cross country with you. I don't really know what that is, but yeah, so I did cross country and then a lot of people who do cross country also do tracks. So it's like, I guess I'll do track too. And then for the PE credit, I did track again in high school, but I was like, I don't really want to do cross country. Like running that much seems like too, like a lot. And when I did cross country and track in middle school, I was not fast in any way whatsoever. Like I was super slow. So cross country in middle school, the races are two miles and my typical times were like, close to 20 minutes it was like 19 minutes or something like that so I was doing like 10 minute miles as like a 12 year old which is pretty slow um you know I was nowhere near the top crop of the team and same for track I don't even remember what I did what event I did in track in middle school like honestly it's all a blur so I like I don't even know what I did but it wasn't significant enough for me to remember Anywho, so then I didn't do, fast forward to high school, I didn't do cross country that freshman season, but I did do track because I needed at least one season of a sport to count as my PE credit because I was like, I'm not taking PE class, like that's stupid. So, I I mean, not that it's stupid if you want to take it, that's not what I'm saying. For me, it just wasn't the move. I didn't want to do that. So I was like, I'll do track, it should be fine, like, you know, I can pick which distance I want to do and I don't have to run for a super long period of time. So I did track and one of the first workouts that we did was running as a group. We had to stay together as a group and we were doing mile intervals. And so I was like, this is not going to go well. Like based on my record, like I do 10 minute miles. That's where I'm at. And we were with, I was with a group of girls who were just like significantly faster than me. I was like, this is like, I, huh? But anyways, I went with them and I was able to keep pace with them and like it was fine. So it turned out like we'd been doing seven minute miles. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so then that gave me some confidence to do the one mile event for my first meet and track in high school. And I was last, but 
I ran a 6.53. So that was like fast. Like that was really fast for me. And I'd never, ever, ever thought that I would be able to do like that speed for a mile. Like to me, that was insane, even though I got dead last. And also, fun fact, peed my pants. I don't know. I went through a little phase of like peeing my pants while running that season of track um, because I had a week, uh, whatever that muscle is called. I'm forgetting the name of it now. But, you know, like a Kegel. I had a weak Kegel. And my doctor told me to do Kegel exercises. I never did. It kind of just like resolved itself on its own over time. I don't know how, but I don't pee my pants now when I run for the most part. (laughs) Um, Anyways, yeah. So that first race went really well. And then like every race I kept getting a PR and like slowly dwindling down my time. Um, And so when I finished the track season, that kind of gave me the confidence to do cross country. So my sophomore year, I did cross country and the first mile time trial we had, I got a 623. Like that was my mile time. And so like that was like absolute insanity to me. So I never thought that I would be able to go that fast. And I had a really good like debut season. Like we had a requirement of running under 2330 for your 3.1 miles for 5k to get your varsity letter to be on like varsity for the team and I got that on the first race like I ran exactly like a 2330.2 or something like that like so yeah on the first late on the first race I lettered and every race after that I just like kept cutting down my time slowly and slowly and the last race I got like a 22 oh one or something like I got really close to um what's it called I got really close to um breaking 21 um so I like had a really good season that sophomore year I don't know what happened like all of a sudden I was just fast I was just speedy like the typical miles that I was doing was set like in between seven and eight mile minute miles and like that was not normal for me based on what I had done in middle school um and similarly like I had a good track season sophomore year Junior year is where things started getting a little iffy. So that season, I had started to slow down a little bit. So rather than running 23s and 22s, I was more like 24s and 25s. So still not bad, still like the middle of the pack in terms of the team. But I had no idea why. Like I hadn't changed anything in terms of like what I was doing for training, what I was eating. So I wasn't sure what had happened there to make my time change so dramatically. And then similarly in track, my times had increased. And so I was like, hmm, I guess that's in line with what happened with cross country season, but I don't really know what happened here. And then senior year just kind of went to shit. Like I was doing like 10 minute miles and like that was me giving it my best. Like I genuinely couldn't run any faster. Um, And so, I mean you know, I love the sport. I love, I loved running while I did it. It was very disheartening that my times changed so dramatically over the course of three years and not in a good way. That being said, I mean, life is all about like tackling disappointment and, you know, how you kind of push through that and get through that. And at the end, at the end of the day, every race I ran, I finished it. Whether I had a good race or not like I got it done without stopping I would finish the race and I it just became a matter of changing my mindset to be less negative which was hard to do obviously you know starting off in such a good place and going downhill from there it's hard it's hard to do that um and you know not think negatively about yourself or not berate yourself and things like that 
So obviously I did deal with that to some extent, but I had to remind myself of the bigger picture is like, this is just high school cross country and track. Like this is not what you want to do with your life or in the future. So really in the long term, it doesn't matter what your times are. As long as, you know, you're getting something positive out of the experience, that's all that matters. And I did, you know, I made a lot of good friends on the team. I learned a lot about leadership, teamwork, sports in general that I've been able to carry on throughout the rest of my life. That being said, I have a lot of experience with running. I ran a lot in high school and track. I remember like typical weeks for cross-country practice like even off and on season like we were putting in 20 miles a week probably like it was a lot and it was insane um and looking back at it now I'm like I don't know how I did school I did cross-country practice and then I come home and study and then go to bed at like 8 30 every night like I really don't know how I did it but once freshman year started when I was in college at OSU, I really only knew running. We did a little bit of lifting for track, but it wasn't anything where I felt confident to do it, go and do it on my own. We didn't really do any lifting for cross country, but we did lifting for track. And I did really enjoy whatever we ended up getting to do, but because I was on the long distance team, our workouts were usually longer than the short distance, and so that time would eat away at our lifting time, so we didn't always get in a full lifting workout, which was, I think, rather unfortunate. It wasn't really prioritized, and, you know, kind of now having the knowledge that I do about strength training, I think that that could have been really helpful, beneficial for a lot of people on the team, not only building strength, but self-confidence, um, especially for women in terms of feeling strong and things like that. Anyways, so I didn't really have a lot of experienced strength training, so I really just stuck with what I knew and I did running. So in like kind of like the freshman year of college, I just ran. I'd run outside around campus or run on the treadmills. And once it became wintertime and it was a little bit too cold for me to run outside, I used to start going to the gym and run on the treadmills. And how this little gym was set up next to my dorm was that there was a cardio side and a strength like weight side. And the cardio equipment faced the strength training equipment. So every time I went on my runs, like I would essentially just be watching the people using these equi- this equipment because I, I did want to learn how to use it. But I was just, I didn't know how to, and I didn't know anybody who could teach me. So I was just kind of observing and watching. I slowly started adding in, like, bodyweight strength training moves into the end of my runs, like push-ups. I started doing core. I started using dumbbells to do upper body stuff. Like, I slowly just kind of started building my, um, I guess, like, knowledge and arsenal in terms of, like, strength training things. I hadn't really used equipment or anything until the pandemic started. So once the pandemic started, my freshman year got cut short, so there was no more running on treadmills or going to J.O. South, which was the gym that was next to my dorm, so I started doing workouts at home, and we had some dumbbells, just light dumbbells, and I started using those. I think over time, like throughout the summer, I did do running and stuff, but I supplemented it with strength training, and I started to like strength training more than running. So slowly over time, like through the 2020 summer and into that school year, I started, I didn't realize it at the time, but I started my transition 
from running to strength training. And then eventually, by the end of, I would say, 2020, I really wasn't running anymore. Like, I pretty much just exclusively started doing strength training. And I think that while it was at the time maybe rooted in the fact that I was convincing myself that I didn't like running anymore and I didn't want to do it anymore just because like all I had been seeing online was people doing strength training rather than cardio. I think now looking back at it, it's a good thing I took that break and gave my body just a little break from running. I'd been doing it for so long for so intense, like at such an intensity for the last like four or five years that I did cross country and track. I think that I would have run into a lot of issues if I had continued what I was doing. But I'm glad that this year I've been able to kind of get back into it. Running is something that I think a lot of people convince themselves that they don't enjoy or they don't like. I mean, obviously there are exceptions. People who genuinely like don't like running, can't run, doesn't work for them. Totally understand that, totally hear that, totally see that. But I think a lot of people miss out on the benefits of running because they convince themselves that they don't like it because it's hard. It's not It's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to just go on a run, especially if you don't have a goal in mind to just like go and do it. You have to genuinely enjoy it. And I think that a lot of people kind of, you need to put in that effort to figure out what kind of running you genuinely enjoy to do there's different types of running going on a hard run going on a long run going on a medium distance run like there's lots of different options and everybody's gonna like different things I've come to understand through my half marathon training that I actually prefer now um, I prefer doing shorter runs that are like interval based with some like speed work in them um, rather than like a longer slower paced run And that was not the case four or five years ago when I was in track and cross country. I preferred doing like long runs. Um, And so it's just interesting to see how as time goes on, how my preferences around running have changed. And I think they will continue to change. I think that hopefully now running is something I'm going to stick with in a lot of ways. The Air Force fit test, which I'll have to take in four years, kind of scared me to get back into running. So actually I'm, so I'm, I guess technically now I'm a part of the Air Force. I got sworn in and everything last winter and a part of the lieutenant training or officer training I'm going to have to do once I graduate from med school is passing a fit test. And this fit test consists of running a mile and a half, doing a three and a half minute plank, and I think it's like 20 push-ups or something like that around that number. And when I saw that and the timing that was required for the mile and a half, it's not a crazy time. It's like, you if I did 10-minute miles, like I would be fine. I'd pass. Um, so it's nothing crazy, but that just kind of really concerned me because I was like, oh my god, I haven't run in like a solid two years, so am I even going to be able to like go at a good pace anymore or anything like that? And so that's kind of what scared me into running starting in February. That's why my smart goal in February was to run, and from that and watching Cody Train's videos, I kind of became inspired to set a running goal for myself this summer of running a half marathon. And if I was going to run a half marathon, I might as well do it somewhere nice. And that's why Shiva and I chose Hawaii. So Shiva, me, my sister Reba, and our friend Aishu are all running it in two weeks. But yeah, I mean, it's not going to be my first half marathon. I've, I have run two half marathons before. 
I ran them when I did cross-country and track in high school. It was pretty typical for people who did cross-country and track to just also run, like, races, like marathons and half marathons in between seasons, during seasons, that kind of thing. So the first half marathon I did was my junior year of high school. It was during track season. However, that race in specific got cut short because there was, like, lightning and thunder, and then all of a sudden there were flash floods. So it was insane. But I didn't get to finish that one, unfortunately. I got to mile nine, and then the race got cut short. So I ran it again the next year because I was like, I need to, like, I can't say I've run a half marathon because technically I really haven't. So I ran it again my senior year that spring, like during track season, and it was a good race. I did pretty well for myself. I got a two, I did it in two hours and 19 minutes, which is which was really good. Honestly, I was like, I wasn't even sure if I'd finish and I did without stopping. So I was very proud of myself. For this race, I wanted to beat my previous time. But now knowing how hilly the race, the course is going to be quite hilly. Um, There's rolling hills, there's like a two mile hill at the halfway point. And so just kind of having that stuff in mind, I'm going to take off that pressure of reaching a certain time. And I just want to finish. That's my goal. I just want to finish. I want to say I've done it and and I've done my best at it, you know, and really that's all you can ask for in life. So yeah, I mean, I don't, that was, I feel like that was just kind of like a tangent of me talking about running, but running has become a huge part of my summer because I run or have run so much. It's been a little bit put off track with um, like trips and vacations and work and also the Canadian wildfires have made it like unhealthy to be outside and I don't have a treadmill and I also do not like running on treadmills so I have been forced to do other things as well but I think that that all will help me become a better runner in the sense of I'm not burning myself out. I'm strengthening, strengthening my stabilizing muscles and stuff like that by doing other exercise modalities as well so yeah I would say don't get stressed out if you're if you feel like you're not sticking to the plan nobody sticks to their half marathon training plan like exactly 100% it's super hard to do that and I feel like even when I did my other two halves in high school like it was during track season so I wasn't even doing like half marathon training like I was I was just doing track practice and that was enough to kind of keep me in shape to um, be able to finish that race, um, and so, yeah, I mean, the longest I've run during my training so far has been 10 miles, and I kind of capped it at that, even though my, the training plan that I'm following is telling me to run at, like, is telling me to run, like, 12, 13, 14 mile runs, I was like, mm, I've done 10, so I know that I could do the race and finish it, so I, I started tapering after, <laughs> after that week, because we had Canadian wildfires for like a couple weeks after that, and then now it's like two weeks from the race, and so I don't want to like get injured or anything before the race starts, so I've kind of been sticking with the middle range, like I've been doing four or five mile runs, nothing crazy, so they're usually about like a little bit under an hour long. Um, I've been finding it a little bit harder to motivate myself to go on longer runs, and I'm just going to train a little bit more intuitively I think now for the next couple weeks and just listen to what my body wants me to do because the last thing I want to do is after all the work I've been putting in over the summer to get injured right before the race and then not be able to race so yeah that's my little little spiel on my half marathon training I was really really inspired by Cody Ko and his channel for Cody Trains I would highly recommend watching it if you haven't or if you haven't heard of it. He's on YouTube. So typically he does like 
I guess like commentary is what it's called, like commentary videos. They were, he's super funny, really funny, and so is his wife, Kelsey Crapple, is super fun. Oh, I guess she's called Kelsey Co now. Sorry. Sorry, Kelsey. Kelsey Co. Um, Kelsey Crapple Co? Kelsey. It's kind of weird to call her. I feel it's weird to call her Kelsey Co. Anyways, Kelsey and Cody. So they're hilarious, and they actually both have YouTube channels. Um, but so Cody is the one who recently finished an Iron Man in May. He did Iron Man Australia and he created an entire channel essentially to kind of track and document his training progress for the past uh, six months or so that he trained. Maybe it was eight months, something like that. He trained for a long time and so I really enjoyed watching his vlogs and that really inspired me to also want to get back into running and kind of push myself in a different way. Um, And so yeah, so thank you Cody. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but thank you for helping me kind of fall back in love with running and allowing it to kind of enrich my life and make my life better. I think in a lot of ways, it's given me something to look forward to this summer. It's given me something to do this summer that feels productive, feels good for my body. I think it's really important in addition to running to also focus on like recovery and stuff like that. And I feel like this time around, versus the last two half marathons I did, I've been much more better at prioritizing that, like making sure I'm foam rolling, making sure I'm doing leg drains, just being more aware of any kinds of like muscle aches and pains I'm feeling and responding accordingly. I think those things are also really important and often get overlooked in half marathon or marathon or just running in general. Like I think that it's easy to forget those things, but it's important to do them. So this is your little reminder if you haven't been doing them or if you're going to get into running, I highly recommend getting a foam roller. Sometimes, I mean, stretching is really good. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, you need to be stretching too. But foam rolling, it just, like, makes all the difference. Getting that deep tissue, getting into those deep tissues, it really helps, I think, alleviate that soreness. And I think you just kind of get through that soreness way faster when you foam roll. And also, it hurts in the moment, but it feels so good after. So, yeah, I would highly recommend. And foam rollers really aren't that expensive on Amazon. They range anywhere from 10 to, like, 30 bucks. So, based on your budget, you can get something that works for you. But, anywho, that's all I have for today. I think that the big thing is you can't compare yourself to others, just like how... I felt when I did cross country in high school, I would always compare myself to the other people who were running faster than me. And that is ultimately what made me so upset. But I think it's it's really a thief of joy when you compare yourself to others. You feel that you can't do hard things. But in reality, you can do hard things. We can all do hard things. How you do that and like what that looks like to you is going to be different from others. So For me, running a 10-minute mile now at this point is hard. Like, that is a hard pace for me. But for somebody else, that might be an easy pace for them. And so they might not necessarily be doing a hard thing when they go at a 10-minute mile pace, but I am. So I think it's just important to keep that perspective in mind. I think at the very least, hopefully you get a reminder here that you can do a lot more than you think you can especially with running, it is as much as it is a physical sport as it is a mental sport as well. You have to get past that mental barrier of your mind telling you that you can't run for 13.1 miles because if you've been training 
or if you're physically fit and like you've been running and stuff like that, your body will tell you what it can and can't do. Um, and so you can, you can do it. I'm telling you now you can do it. All right. Anyways, so a little smart goals update. So my smart goal for July has been to learn new hairstyles. I'm happy to report I have learned three new hairstyles already. Super exciting. So like I said last week, I learned how to use a claw clip because I was super late to that trend. And now I know how to use a claw clip. So I count that as my first one. My second one, I learned how to do like my own version of French braid, but it's like a French braid pigtail type of deal. It's not really a French braid, so I don't think I did, I don't think I did it right, but like, it's like what makes sense to me in my head and what I can do. And my, the last thing I learned is how to actually French braid. Like yesterday was July 14th and the first three episodes of The Summer I Turned Pretty came out for season two and I don't know I, like I read the books after the, I watched the first season because I really liked the show even though it was cringy and bad at some points like in general the show is good and it's addicting like you know I binged the whole season in a couple of days like I really liked it and I saw a lot of stuff on social media and edits and stuff like that so like a lot of people liked it as well um and so that got inspired me to read the books because I hadn't ever read them and so I was excited to, to see season two and see what they did. Honestly, I don't really remember what happened in the books. Anywho, but <laughs> I watched season two. Oh my god, it's so good. The first three episodes, I was just like, whoa. Anyway, so while I was watching the show, right before that, I had um, watched a little five-minute YouTube video on how to French braid hair. And so I was practicing looking in the mirror and it just wasn't working out. So I was like, okay, like I need to take a break. Like my arms hurt, my back's giving out. <laughs> like I can't do this. So I started watching the show. And as I was watching the show, I was practicing doing my French braiding my hair. And I have found that for me, when I look at a mirror, like it just confuses me more versus when I'm not looking at myself and I can just kind of like feel it in my hands. I know what I'm doing and I know how to do it. Which is really weird because I feel like usually I'm a visual learner, but not with the case of French braiding. Anyways, I figured out how to French braid my hair, and now I can say that I successfully know three hairstyles. Next week, um, I'm going to try to learn how to put tinsel in my hair. Like, I think that that counts as a hairstyle. To me, I'm going to count that as a hairstyle. Um, so, putting tinsel in my hair... Because I think at the end of the day, hairstyle is how you style your hair and tinsel is a way to style your hair and accessorize yourself. So there we go. All right. Okay. Well, again, you can do hard things. You can do a lot more than you think you can. And I hope that this is a friendly little reminder for you to get you through whatever's going on in your life. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week. And I love you. Bye.